Friendshipping is proud to partner with Multitude. Tavor. Tavor is the app for fans of beer, craft brews, and trying new and exciting labels. You sign up in the app and can choose the beers you're interested in, including two new ones daily, adding to your own personalized crate. Pay for the beers as you add them to your crate, then ship them whenever you're ready. The price of shipping doesn't change with the size of your order, and it's much more cost-effective than buying and shipping one-offs. Tavor works with only independent breweries around the world. Download on the Apple or Google Store to try Tavor now. Use Friendshipping for $10 off after your first order of $25 or more. That is code Friendshipping at Tavor. Cheers! I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Getting ready to see people again. I don't wanna. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you wanna call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen. Jenjamin Button. Jenjamin Franklin. Jen, 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 Jen. <laughs> I'm so tired uh, for reasons that I told you earlier that won't be on the show. Yeah. How are you doing? I am also having a morning like that. I, I had one of those mornings where my alarm went off and I, I couldn't believe it. I was <laughs> like, I, I no. was shocked. I was like, I can't believe we're here already. I was not done. I was absolutely <laughs> not done with my business of laying here. I had like that moment of confusion where it's like, there's no way. Yeah. Absolutely not. There's no way we're already, it's already morning. Um, so that's, <laughs> I'm still getting over the shock of being awake. That's where I am right now. So Jen, you were not prepared for morning, just like the asker this week is not prepared to be around people again. Awkward ass transition, but here we are today. I am so excited to answer this question because this really speaks to me. We're going to be hearing from an introvert who is nervous about talking to their friends that they haven't talked to in a long time because COVID, because pandemic, because life stuff. And there's just so much to be said about that. There are so many components of this. So, Jen, I'm super excited to talk to you about this. And also, as you know, I recently had a conversation with uh, Chicago extrovert Jamie Sanchez about this. (laughs) Famous extrovert. And talking to an extrovert is particularly relevant this week because the asker is nervous in particular about reaching out to friends who have been in contact. So this asker's friends have actually been doing social distance hangouts and Zoom calls and stuff like that. But the asker hasn't been participating quite as much. So that's going to be something fun to noodle on. It's going to cover everything. It's going to cover reconnecting. It's going to cover ghosting. But first, I would like to hear, Trin, you you teased me with something you were going to talk to me about, and I need to know. (laughs) You used the word black market, and then you kind of mysteriously trailed off, and I need to know what are you talking about. (laughs) So, like, okay, first, I don't know for sure if black market is a racist term. It feels like it should be considered one. Like, I don't know. When you use, like, dark and stuff to, like, describe something evil, that seems rude. I don't know. If not racist, it seems rude. But that's the only term I currently have for the Amiibo cards that I'd like to buy on Etsy. So the the Nintendo game Animal Crossing, uh, as you guys are 
as our audience, I'm sure, is very familiar, uh, Animal Crossing is a video game that is very dear to my heart. And I've it's been getting me through the pandemic. Like, it's it's genuinely been like, because you have this little island and you decorate it with plants and like cute little animals move in and they talk to you and you give them presents. And, and honestly, it's exactly just what I needed to keep myself above water. You know, yeah. it, it almost it, it's like a, a, a level of socialization that I could handle. You know, is talking to Claudia, the tiger who lives on my island in Animal Crossing. <laughs> so recently, Sanrio, which is a Japanese company who makes uh, like Hello Kitty and a bunch of different titles. Yeah. And Kuropi. I always liked Kuropi. The, I, it's just it, they make everything cute. Yes. Like the things that you think of that are cute, Sanrio's made them. And they did this crossover with Animal Crossing. They made these what are called, I don't, I don't fully know if this is the right way to pronounce it. So everybody just forgive me, please. But I think it's amiibo. It's amiibo. not amiibo. No, I think it's amiibo. I think you're right, amiibo. I've I've heard amiibo. I've heard that. Against my will, I've heard that word. They made these cards. And what these cards do is they you, you take them and you put them, you click them onto your console. And you can move in a very special animal villager into your island that is based on one of the Sanrio titles. So let's use Hello Kitty as an example because it's the most popular one, I'd say. So there's a, I want to say, I think her name is Rilla. There's a gorilla that is like based on the aesthetic of Hello Kitty. And the day that they came out, they were being sold at Target at like 10 a.m. on like a Thursday. And I had seriously been, I was ready. I had <laughs> <Yes>. Tabs open, <laughs> you know. Uh, I had like every single Target in Chicago and the suburbs open in tabs, ready to buy these fucking cards. But they sold out. It's like getting a vaccine. Dude, dude, yes. Yes. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was very stressful. And uh, and I and after 10 minutes, I I gave up. So so I started at exactly like I want to say the time was 10 a.m. and I started trying to buy them at 9.59 and 10 minutes later, they were sold out all across Chicago in, in the entire state. Wow. Uh, so the good news is, is that uh, you can make fake ones really easy. I'm buying them from some random on Etsy. No one's losing here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't buy these cards from Nintendo. Like, they won't give them to me. Like, that's the whole thing is that they were very exclusive. But you can you can just get them for like two bucks from somebody on Etsy. So I'm going to be trying to do that. And I will keep you posted and let you know. Please do. This is fascinating. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you found you found a source. Jen, how are how are you? How are your feelings doing? What feelings? I'm burying those. Oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, right? I have like a emotional and mental health to do list. Like I need to figure this thing out. I need to figure this thing out. And they're all not like professional work related. They're all interpersonal relationships and things and like and obligations and and family responsibilities and friend responsibilities. And the list is not going anywhere. However, I don't have the bandwidth today to deal with them. So I'm going to kick this can down the road a little bit. That's it's just I'm procrastinating on my feelings. That's healthy. No, it is, though. Jen, I was literally just talking about this with my therapist that um, I was like, okay, so I have these feelings that I know I can't deal with right now. And don't worry. Don't worry, therapist. I'm not going to like, you know, can them up like peaches for the winter. You know, I'm just going to put them (laughs) in a jar that I'm going to close lightly and I'm going to keep in my medicine cabinet where I'll see it when I need it. You know? Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm not going to bury 
these in a trunk in my yard. I'm just going to like put them on the shelf for a couple more days. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I like this metaphor. They're going in a cooler, not the deep freeze. They're not- <laughs> That's, that is fine. Thank you. I feel better about, about my decision making or lack of decision making. You're doing great. Speaking of putting things into coolers and deep freezes. So the asker this week uh, put his friends into what he had hoped would be a cooler, but is afraid that it has turned out to be a deep freeze. And we are going to talk through getting back in touch with our buddies. Jen, would you like to read this question? Hell yes, I would. Dear friendshipping, my friends are getting vaccinated. On one hand, I am thrilled. You love to see it. On the other, less important hand, I am terrified. I haven't talked to so many of my friends. Sure, I've kept in decently close touch with some tight best best friends, but by decently close touch, I mean we text every now and again. It's all I've had the energy for. I'm worried that when I feel ready to be around people again, the people will respond negatively. I can't help but wonder if I will be rejected by friends, in particular my extrovert friends, who did all the cool socially distant hangouts and had Zoom calls and all that stuff. I think I accepted maybe five Zoom hangouts this whole year. I love my friends. I really do despite the fact that I've made almost zero attempts to communicate with many of them since April 2020. Ultimately, I think at least most of them understand why I am the way I am. Introvert, exhausted by living through the apocalypse, traumatic past, regarding friendships, you know how it goes. But I want to feel like I'm part of my own community again, and they have every right to say, nah, you were gone too long, sorry dumbass. How should I approach this? Pronouns he, him. So this is, you know, it's always tricky territory when we're talking about the feelings of other people. But I think that we should start first inside the brains of our asker this week, Jen. Yeah, we should get in the magic school bus. All of us pack in, shrink down, shrink down to the size of a little peanut and zoom up your nose. Carlos will make a few puns. (laughs) And get into your get into your brain, because I think that's where this issue is starting. This is about reconnecting after a long time away. And it's also about how your inner narration is specifically making this scary. Because right now, the only information that the asker has is, oof, I have not talked to my friends. And I am now going to imagine what that feels like for them and what they might be thinking. Because that's the, that I don't have any other information. And I feel bad. So I assume they must also probably feel bad. Exactly. And your own narration is making this seem scary. I get that. But my instinct here is that your friends will not approach this with the angle of, where the hell have you been? I'm angry that you haven't reached out. Because it has been a hell of a year. I don't know a single person that thrived and had a happy year. Even people that thrived and had a happy year didn't really have a happy year. <laughs> like the most likely explanation for anybody ghosting you in this past like year and a half is that they are simply prioritizing taking care of themselves and their like loved ones. And I mean like immediate loved ones, like the person who lives with them. This doesn't make things hurt less. It doesn't make things easier, but this has nothing to do with anybody personally. I think that that's a really important thing to make sure that you know, that this is not a personal problem. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And you even said, my close, close best friends do hear from me. Not maybe that often, but every once in a while. But that means they know you are okay, at least relatively for right now. I feel like Trin recategorizing what it means to disconnect or ghost right now, because if I didn't respond to you for a couple days or a week or something like that, that would be a signal that like, okay, something is actually like I need, we need to reconnect quickly because we talk often. Yeah. But for the more 
outer circle friendships, for the people you don't talk with every single day, it's okay that distance grew or that you were absent or that you were quiet or that you were putting your head down and just trying to muddle through. Because that's what we're all doing. It's been a very difficult time. We're all boats taking on water right now. It's the time to be exceptionally understanding and patient, both with our friends and with our own capabilities. And Asker, we're not going to pretend like there's no chance at all that your friends won't. They like, oh, they will definitely not be upset about this. They will have no negative feelings towards you. We're not going to pretend that because there are unreasonable people on the planet. And also maybe there's components of this that we don't know about. So I don't want to set you up for you're going to go into this conversation and everything's going to be freaking hunky dory. I want you to have a realistic view of this, which is you're an adult and your friends are adults and you are all aware of the news cycle and you are all aware. I don't feel I don't feel like anybody's keeping secret the fact that this is hard, you know, so. Knowing all of that information, let's talk about reaching out again. Because, and and also, ask her, I think that this feeling scary to you will keep you from reaching out to your friends. And I also don't want you to push yourself too hard because there's a reason why you've been conserving your energy and like, and staying kind of inside of your own head. And it's because it's been keeping you more balanced during this very difficult time. So there's a reason why you're acting the way that you're acting. I would say we're going to talk about talking to your friends. We're going to talk about those conversations, those text messages, but just take the pressure off of yourself. I would even say the day you feel ready, wait a couple of days. You'll hopefully feel even more ready in a couple of days. And I don't want you to mistake feeling pressured with feeling ready. Yeah, that's that's a good distinction. So how about this? Before you hear from us, Two introverts who are on your side of the fence. We brought in our extrovert expert, Jamie Sanchez. Uh, She is a pillar of the community out here in Chicago, um, in our geek spaces, um, and she runs Anime Club Chicago. Um, She's one of the founding members of Bitbash. She's just kind of an all-around badass. And she is a person who, like the Asker's friends, didn't stop socializing. Her socialization just looked different. So I talked to Jamie about how she has been dealing with the pandemic and how she might feel hearing from people that she hasn't heard from in a long time. So let's let's roll that tape. Let's pretend that everybody that you really care about that you haven't heard from in a very long time is listening to the show right now. What would you want to tell them? Come to my birthday party. I'm going to throw a thousand person rager and you better be there. That's a while from now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, Be cool, inoculated. Cool. You must be inoculated, but. Great. Bring some potluck or beer or whatever. I don't know if I have to see you or not. You just have to be there and then leave whenever you want. That's all I want. So you're like, get ready, guys, because the second you can. I don't care if I hadn't seen someone in years. If they had heard, like, Jamie's throwing a big party and everyone she's ever met is invited, please. (laughs) Totally cool. Everyone mark your calendars for when you are vaccinated because it's about to happen. The greatest (laughs) bop of the season. I consider you to be one of my most extroverted friends. How has shelter in place impacted? I would say the biggest impact has been for me personally, I don't have any FOMO. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. 
My calendar was a goddamn mess. I think in general, too, I've had other interactions, like I've been doing a lot of digital meetups and hangouts and craft nights and things like that. So I don't feel like anything ever stopped during isolation. It just became different. How in particular do you stay connected to friends who have a hard time with this, who who are more introverted, who aren't showing up to anime club? So part of playing extrovert on easy mode is maintaining a regular mailing list. That's just, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And if you want to passively know about it, yeah. please subscribe to thing. And in the newsletter, every single issue I send out, I have an open invitation for office hours or whatever you want to call them with a Calendly link, and people can click on the link, see my calendar, and not feel obligated to like, oh, I'm just pestering her. You know, she doesn't want to hear from me. No, like, literally put yourself on my calendar. (laughs) Having that door open and having someone else, like, figure out if they have the energy to be the friend or, uh, you know, if they're just not feeling it now. Or, you know, there's been times, too, where people have gotten on my schedule, had to reschedule or cancel in some way. But even just that effort want to have a discussion. And that's enough in my book. A lot of our listeners um, have written into the show wondering when it's too late to reconnect with somebody that they haven't spoken to in a long time. So have you reconnected to anyone close to you recently that you may have felt distant from and shelter in place? I would say a lot of my friendships are already in long-term social cycles in a way. Like I only hear from so-and-so once a year. Uh, that's totally cool by me. You know, they they send me a random meme and that's enough to reignite whatever relationship or connection we had previously. I'd say throughout the pandemic, I've naturally lost touch with people in friendships who were location-based or event-based and they totally get a pass. I don't expect to hear from people right away, even as things become normal. So if that means that, you know, we've grown apart or Uh, You know, their lives are just way too busy with COVID or other new problems that I'm not privy to. I can't say I'm going to be upset about that in any way. It's disappointing, sure, but I think that that it would be unfair to the other person to expect something out of them, given everything. At, At any time in shelter in place, have you felt frustrated by a friend reaching back out to you after so long? Has it ever felt like, oh, actually, I feel like it would have been better if you hadn't reached out at all? (laughs) Unless there was drama there, I can't say I have. (laughs) Honestly, I just wanted you to say that out loud because you're so you're so loving and sweet and cheerful. I knew that that was true, but I think people need to hear that from somebody other than me, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I would say even something as dumb as a meme would be enough for me to be like, oh, cool. I was enough energy for that person to reach out, even though there's been so much silence. Like I, I was worth that little bit of energy and focus. Cool. Socializing is a lot of work and yeah, like all of those things add up and it takes energy and time. And as we age, we naturally just have less patience and less time. Obligations fill up more of the calendar. So like I would say I understand the parallels to solitary people being in solitude as me, an extrovert, wanting to be in a busy community hub or space. Like I see how that recharging happens. Trin, did you know even my mom is on my calendar? She's a recurring weekly scheduled item so I can talk to her. That's such a good move. If you have somebody that you love and that you know recharges you, 
to specifically like schedule them in is great, especially if it works. Like, cause I know lots of people who've like, oh, we're gonna Skype call every Saturday. And then like, they kind of let themselves down. But when it's somebody like your, your, one of your nearest loved ones, that sounds like that's a dope idea. <laughs> I think it also helps cause I'm like, wow, a whole week has passed, who knew? Time to talk to my mom again. <laughs> Do you mean like uh, you forget how much time is passing because time passes so weirdly in shelter in place? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, cool. I just want to make Very sure. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My big advice for people who are having difficulties reacclimating, I know like, is just try one small thing, right? Remember the thing you used to do that like made you happy and got you energized and just try to do that one thing, assuming it's a safe thing to do. So um, just having that, getting back on the bike, so to speak, really helps. Jamie is the best. I love that field report. Oh, thanks. I I really enjoyed interviewing her. And honestly, I part of me wants to make like this a segment where we like go off and talk to a different person and bring back five to ten minutes of that conversation. Listeners, how about this? Um, if this sounds like a good idea and you liked this, uh, let us know. Friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that just to be like, oh, Jamie was the coolest. This segment was really rad. Uh, we don't want if you didn't like it, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep your keep your feedback to yourselves unless it's positive. Okay, well, so now that we've heard from the extrovert, let's talk about the introvert's perspective. So let's talk about just some sample texts that you could be sending out when you feel ready, ready, not pressured. Overall, we kind of recommend four types of texts, depending on what you're trying to get out of this. So there's just saying hi, there's making concrete plans, there's starting a conversation, and then there's the one final text. And we don't think you're going to end up having to send all of these texts. And also, you might start on different texts based on your relationship with that person. You don't have to go step by step by step. So how about the, let's talk about just saying hi, Jen. Yeah, yeah. I would start with just sending something casual and lighthearted with a tone that is like pretty patient and gentle. It's something like, hey, you, I'm sure you're feeling overloaded like everyone else I know. And uh, I know I've been gone a while or I've been quiet for a while, but if you're up for it, let's catch up. This is just a little love bump, you know? It's something... A love bump. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to send these text messages if you don't mind, if you don't get a response right away. Because there's no commitment in these text messages. So like, hey, I'm thinking of you. I hope that you're hanging in there doing these difficult times. And honestly, you don't have to like explain yourself. You don't have to add like, I'm sorry I've been away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because I don't know, there's no reason to apologize. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just been fucking difficult. But these are the kinds of texts that's just like, hey, they are not asking a question and forcing a conversation. I like that. It's not like, let's sit down and hash this out right now and, and catch up about our lives. But it's like, hey, uh, maybe sometime soon. Maybe another text could be, um, hey, it's been a while, huh? Uh, you and your family have been on my mind lately, and I'm just sending you some good thoughts. So that's a good little, I'm putting a friendship token into the friendship jar and letting you know that uh, I, I value you and I'd like you back. Yeah. And you're like, you're acknowledging the distance that's formed, which which distance that's formed. That sounds like a bad or negative thing. But really, I think it's just part of grown up life. Yeah, absolutely. So the next conversation is concrete plans. So let's say the saying hi thing went well, or let's say this friend has been repeatedly asking you to hang out uh, socially distance wise, and you just haven't been able to do it. And now you are ready. You don't want to 
vaguely ask your friend if they want to hang out sometime. To show your friend that you care, you want to do this, uh, you want to put some thought in. So you're going to have a time, a date, and an activity. And, uh, and I know this is a lot to ask of an, of an introvert, and this might not be something that you are ready to do. And again, don't feel pressured, but when you feel ready, you can say something like, Hey, buddy, I've been starving for social interaction these days, and I have a feeling that most of our friends are probably feeling this way, too. So I'm putting together a virtual game night Saturday at 7 p.m. Can you make it? So you notice there's an activity, a day, a time, and you are also mentioning that other people will be there. So all the information is in this text, and you have given them a gift, the gift of you have made plans for them. You're, you're taking on the work, you're taking on the legwork, and you're putting effort in, and that shows a lot. So um, another thing you can do, especially if you're not one for making plans or wanting to do things right now, is starting a conversation. So the texts we've gone through are little love bump, putting together an event, but there's also just, I'm ready to talk now. So these are the texts that you want to send when you are ready to have a conversation. So you don't send them three minutes before you're about to go into your next meeting. You don't send them 10 minutes before you go to bed. Um, you want to send these um, when you're ready to receive communication, and which is not to say you're going to get it right away. But these come, I think, with the expectation that it will start a conversation. For example, hey, we just finished painting the baby's room. I'm still incredibly and painfully pregnant. What's new over there? Um, you, <laughs> that really you have, paints a vivid picture. Like you just want to ask more after that. Right? Like you can ask, your friend can ask about the room, can ask about how pregnant you are. Does your friend know you're pregnant? Like there are so many avenues for conversation here. So this is a very opening the door to let's fucking talk. Trin, I like what you said about timing this one correctly. So for me, I tend to get texty after uh, maybe one or two glasses of wine. I'm on my couch, <laughs> reruns of Jeopardy on the TV. And that's when I start scrolling through my phone. Like, I'm going to start bothering people. You got to be in the mood. And it's got like everything's got to be kind of lined up, which is hard because, you know, your friend's going to text you back when they text you back. And if they text you back in the middle of the night, then text them back again when you want to have a conversation, when you are ready for it so that you can be there ready. And it's not like, oh, man, this friend started a conversation with me and then I didn't hear from them from three days. That's not what you want to have this play out like. I like this next one quite a bit because this is a way to acknowledge that you have heard them and you've kind of kept up with them over the last few months, but also starting a conversation. So something like, I just remembered that the last time we talked, you were looking for a new place to live. How did that turn out? And if you could text me your new address, I'd love to send you a postcard in the mail. So like that is, hey, um, I'd like to be in touch in the future. I remember information about you because I love you. And I care about how things are going in your life. Yeah, I, I was the receiver of many of these because um, I told like the group, like, yeah, we're moving. We're moving to this intersection. And then I kind of dropped off because I got really busy. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a lot of I got of uh, some up some questions about it. Like, hey, did you move? What's your what's your new address? I want to say like I, I got a version of this and it was very sweet. I just thought it was very touching. So you can also, you know, do kind of like a reciprocal thing. So you send a picture of your pet. You got a pandemic puppy that's huge now. And it says, uh, this little guy just wanted to say hi. How's, how's your pandemic dog holding up? You are acknowledging that not only has your life grown and changed, but their life also has. And you want to link back up again. You want the updates and you want to give them the updates, too. All of these are kind of non-confrontational ways to say, hey, we stopped talking, but let's start talking again. 
guilt and shame and blame and worrying are not involved in any of these. Have you noticed that? That's important. Yeah. And I think that these are good texts also for somebody who, you know, is on the other side of this. That is not the asker. This is the extrovert friend who's been having fancy hangouts the whole time. You can send these text messages. These are really good, like, low-pressure ways to talk. Hey, I care about you and I'd love to hear from you, but I don't want to add any stress to your life. So I'm just going to leave the ball in your court. If you want to catch up sometime, shoot me a text. This is a standing offer. It doesn't expire. I love you so much and I wish you so much joy. You know? Yeah, that's great. Oh, man, I heard from an Internet friend. Um, this is an Internet friend that I made when I was like 12. And um, for many years, we talked like every single day. Um, and now we don't talk as often, of course. We talk pretty infrequently, but we caught up over Instagram DM, just like we randomly connected and we're talking there, which was funny. And then she, we closed the, we closed the conversation. She said the nicest thing, which was like, hey, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I support and love you 100%. And I love hearing about your life. And it's so great. I'm so glad we're still in touch in this way. And it was like, wow, yeah, yeah, that is nice. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about um, if these text messages go unanswered for whatever, whatever reason. So yeah. remember, let's remember that your friends, as extroverty as they are, as many pictures of social distance hangouts you've been seeing on Instagram, you don't actually know the inside of their head and their heart. They may not respond to you right away. They might not respond to you at all. And again, it's still not personal. But when we get there, there are very friendly ways to say, hey, the ball's in your court. I can't wait to hear from you. Um, No pressure at all. I, this is inspired by um, my buddy uh, had a pandemic birthday. And what I did for her is I printed out a bunch of pictures um, that I found in my computer of old hangouts from the before times. So like there are these pictures of us playing joust in the uh, men with many hats. Man, office. it'll be a yeah. long time before we play joust. <laughs> right, right. Like physically touching one another. Um, and 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 she's she's a friend who missed that kind of thing, you know. So I put together these pictures, and, and now this is a fake text message that w- that would go along with one of your pictures from the before times of like a hangout, like at a restaurant, something like that. Hey, bud, I was just going through my phone, and I found this really cute picture of us at an actual real-life restaurant way back when people went out and did things. I want to know that we'll be doing this stuff together after this all wraps up, and I would love to hear from you. So if you've got a pick or an update, that would be the fuel that keeps me going to the end of the week. I love you. Also, not everybody says I love you to their friends. So you can just like. I say it so much. So frequently. I say it almost too much. I I (laughs) was about to say, sometimes I think like I need to dial it back a little. I might be making people feel a little weird. Um, Not me. I love you, Jen. (laughs) I love you too. I know. Oh, man. Yeah, but I really like that text. It's so um, you're placing some importance on the interaction, you know, because it is important. What could be more important than companionship? Humans need humans. And I think this year really proved that. If you didn't believe it before, you probably believe it now. I really like the tone of that because you're leaning a little heavily onto the importance and significance because this is important. It is significant. You don't need to pretend as though this isn't difficult. You are sharing how you feel directly and kindly. And I really like that approach. I like the approach also of just This isn't pressure. I am just telling you that it would bring me great joy to hear from you. And it's so different from, I haven't heard from you in forever. Why? Like, no, nobody feels that way. So don't talk that way. (laughs) You don't have to pretend like there isn't distance. Just acknowledge that the distance is a solvable problem. 
Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of ways to be a good, supportive friend, a lot, a lot of different ways. And we're all kind of figuring out our footing in that area right now. Like, what does it mean to be a good friend when you are suffering a loss, like a family member? What does it mean to be a good friend when you are moving to a new city? And these are all, uh, these are, these are hard. They're kind of like new roles, new identities. We're all trying to figure that out. And your friends are trying to figure it out, too. It seems like this Asker thinks that all of his friends, they got their shit together. They they <laughs> right. feel socially connected. They are doing their thing. And it's just him that's that's not participating. And I just I just can't believe for one second that that's true. But I do think we need to talk about the other component of this question, which is the they have. Um, and I don't feel this way. But the Asker said they have every right to say, nah, you were gone too long. Sorry, dumbass, <laughs> which I think is very funny. Um <laughs> I don't think that's how your friends are going to respond, but let's discuss the possibility that they might because you can't control what their response is going to be and their response is going to be contingent on a number of factors. And one of those factors is going to be the way they feel at the time that they receive your text message. So they, I think, honestly, my first guess, if, if somebody reacted negatively to one of these reaching out, my first guess is that that person feels wounded and traumatized by these past several months and is taking it out right now on this text message. I don't think they hate you or think that you're a dumbass. I think that's just how their sadness is presenting itself. Yeah, and I think they're feeling isolated because yes. we are literally isolated. Like earlier this year, I feel like I mentioned this on the show, but earlier this year, I experienced some jealousy when I saw people organizing Zoom calls with people that weren't me. And I was like, am I really jealous? Like, that's un that's a weird feeling for me. And it would just happen to be the way that my sadness was presenting itself that day. And I time helped having a conversation with myself helped because I am not I don't really feel envy. And I feel envy, just not in that particular way. So, yeah, I mean, keep in mind, this is when you hear back from this person or don't hear back from them, that is the tip of the iceberg. There is a whole world of emotion on the other side of that phone. Man, this is so funny because I just <laughs> I just had this conversation with a friend last night. As you know, I've been uh, saying it over and over again since the main thing on my mind, moving to Texas. And I just don't have, I have fuck all for energy. So I sent a friend just an emoji to check in. And she sent me back an emoji that I did not understand at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the, uh, the moon. It was one of the, the round moons just kind of like making the, like, like the oh, awkward the, like, face. The like pleasant the pleasant to neutral moon moon face yeah and so because i had sent a heart of some sort and yeah. so i was like oh my <laughs> god what does she and so i actually i literally asked i was like i don't know how to interpret this emoji i'm just want you to know i love you very much that's amazing she's like oh no 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 i'm just the the emoji is black and and so am i and it's and it's cute and i was just feeling black and cute and i was oh, just like I that's oh i'm i know what emoji you're talking about now yeah oh that's nice <laughs> and so because because it has like a kind of like um it's a cute smile and also can be interpreted i think as like this is an awkward moment smile yes. and i was so worried you know? <laughs> So I asked, you know, and like, and it was fucking fine. So all I, this whole story about emoji mix up is to say, man, so many wires can get crossed when you're communicating. And I really think that if you get negativity in response, I would first consider one, the specific pain of the person that you are trying to talk to. And two, that you are misunderstanding them. Because this is hard. 
<laughs> and it's new, okay? Like, I don't know if there's been another time in recent history where people just stopped talking to one another for a year and a half because they were sad. I don't know. Like, maybe during, like, a war, you know, I assume. It's just, like, this is this is new fucking territory. And, dude, like, if nothing else, if you get nothing else out of this episode, I want you to know that you are not bad or inept or a dumbass, as you described yourself, <laughs> for thinking that this is difficult because it simply is difficult. And you're not alone, okay? I know you're not alone, uh thinking that your friends are going to reject you or be super offended that you disappeared. I think most of it is just anxiety that's building on itself. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is a chance that some of your friends are upset by your absence, but that is fixable. You know, that is solvable. The distance can shrink again. And I just, it's just so unlikely. I just think it's so unlikely that somebody won't rejoice in hearing from somebody that they love. You know, I just think it's so unlikely that your friends are not in their mental algebra, calculus, trigonometry or whatever, like that they're not weighing in the emotional cost of being alive right now. You know, I just that doesn't make any sense to me. But let but let's talk about that. So, again, so you got nah, you were gone too long. You got that text. So I would say the first thing we want to do is wait a minute. We are not going to engage right away, not just because this is painful for you, but because there is a possibility that this response came because your friend is in a temporary moment of trauma and sadness. So no matter what, take, take an hour, take a beat. I was trying to think about how likely that is, how likely it would be that a friend would be upset to hear from you after this time. And the only situation I could conjure in my head was if a friend had gone through a tremendous loss. If your friend had a crisis or a friend emergency and you said nothing or you disappeared. And I'm not saying you need to like jump in and fix crisis. Like that's, but you know, if you were absent, right. if you were notably absent in a place you normally would be, that might be cause for hurt. However, I don't think it's that because you said you said in the question that you have you have talked to your best closest people. Not often, but like you are you are still you're on the outside of the circle, but you're still in the circle. But I just don't think it's likely that anyone will be upset to hear from you. But if they are, if they are, it's not it's not you or at least it's certainly not only you. It is a whole it is over 12 months of worry and anxiety speaking. Jen, I really like that. It's just I agree. I don't think it's likely at all. <laughs> and I wish I could say it's impossible, but just because there are so many different kinds of human beings in the world and everybody's going through so much bullshit. And like, you know, I personally have been in situations where I'm mad about something else and I've been mean to somebody who had nothing to do about it just because that's how human beings are. That's what humans do. They, uh, they take their pain and express it in ways they wish they hadn't. Let's pretend for a second that a friend is unhappy if, with you, with your absence. That is, it's still going to be okay. You know, I know that seems like a horrible outcome and scenario, and it's certainly not pleasant or fun, but you can survive that and you can handle that and you can manage it. Yes, absolutely, Jen. And I, man, Asker, I'm really glad that you are sending occasional texts to your close friends. Um, this is a tangent, Jen, but I want to say this story anyway. Are you cool with that? Yeah, do it up. So somebody very close to me has been seeing a therapist who's like 15 years younger than them, and that is already a disaster. And, <laughs> and uh, this person close to me uh, had expressed that, yes, I have friends, you know, but we, we text maybe a couple of times a week. And this like 22-year-old therapist 
is like, those aren't friends. Like, I want you to go out and make some friends. That's what I'd like you to do. That is a 20-year-old understanding of what being a friend is. And I'm not trying to shit talk uh, people in their early 20s because, you know, I've been there and your life is different. You know, you're hornier and drinking (laughs) is so much more fun to you because you haven't done it very much probably. And marijuana is new. Like all these things are new. So like that's that's just different. But when you're fucking 40, (laughs) hearing from your friends during a global time of crisis is a gift. That is friendship. That is is, absolutely friendship. Oh, that is doing friendship at the problem. I am so annoyed that this therapist tried to define friendships for someone else. That's that's not okay. That's that's so that's such a narrow view of what friendship is. And it doesn't take into account um, the global crisis or a person's abilities or how able bodied they are or their mental health or what they feel capable of doing and their mental. Oh, I'm so annoyed. And you know what? Absolutely. I give you so much blessing. If you are a person who, so there's, so I have some nice neighbors and some shitty neighbors. The nice neighbors, um, they've been playing movies in the courtyard that they like project on the wall. uh, And then they social distance, watch them. And, you know, they do it Friday evening. um, So it's like kind of late and we can hear them, but we don't give a fucking shit. We were just like, hey, wow, we are so glad that you are doing this safe thing and being happy and doing your shit. Yeah, I can put on some white noise on my headphones if I if I really need to go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Now is the time for giving people some benefit of the doubt. Now is the time for trying to be as understanding and accepting as you can. And your friends might not be able to do that. They may be in an emotional place where they can't. But you know what? I actually think that there's a very good chance that they'll pull out of it later. Me too. We've said this many times, Trim, but I feel like it's worth repeating that adult friendships can span decades. And that means you're going to weather some distance, some awkward conversations, some difficult confrontations. Not too many of them. I always like to add that little disclaimer because friendships should be joyful. But there will be a little brushing elbows accidentally. There will be a little bit of troubling and distraught things you have to go through together. And that's just because humans are troubling and distraught and problematic people. My dear, dear friend Andy once said to me, and I think I may have stolen this and used it on the show before, and it's fine because he doesn't care. But uh, he said to me, it is unreasonable to expect all of your friends to behave reasonably all of the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. And and they won't, you know. Um, So, you know what? I think we got away from the what do you say back? So uh, we said, wait, wait a couple hours, which you definitely should. Don't engage the fighting. And also, I would say, don't really apologize for yourself, because I think that that's disingenuous, you know, like saying like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm such a a dumb, dumb ass and I can't. Oh, mm, uh." no, don't do that, because that's not true. The truth is something much, much kinder than that, which would be, I understand why you feel this pain. (laughs) And you would say this in your own words, you know, cool words that sound like a normal human, but this is the way (laughs) I talk. So I understand that you're in a lot of pain and I have been too, because this has been a really difficult time for a lot of people. And when you're ready, I want to have our friendship back in my life again. You bring me a lot of joy. I care about you very much. And if right now, you're feeling like I'm a dumbass. I totally get it. <laughs> when you no longer feel that way, 
please let me know. I really like that. I really like how earnest and sincere that is. I like the lack of apology because I don't want you to feel apologetic about something that's, that's acceptable and normal and human. I mean, you can express your regrets. You could say something like, I wish I'd had the bandwidth to put in more effort this year, or I wish I'd been able to, to talk to you more, reached out more, because you do wish that. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do this, this little in conclusion here. Um, in conclusion, hey, asker, listen. Yeah, this is rough, but it is solvable. And your pain is valid, and so is the pain of your friends. And these conversations can go a few different ways, but it is overwhelmingly more likely that your friends will be happy to hear from you than it is that they will be angry with you. And if they are angry with you, like we said, I think it's more likely due to other trauma and other feelings. What I would say, I guess, in conclusion is if you are getting angry texts back from everyone, let's let's reassess yeah, and let's figure revisit. out what's happening. Send yeah. us another email. <laughs> yeah. But we just think that's so fucking unlikely. Um, yeah, I just feel like you're you're building this up. You took a little snowball and now you're like pushing it further and further and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that snowball it contains your worries, your anxiety. It's you being really hard on yourself and it's you filling in the blanks because you don't have a lot of information right now. And you're doing what a lot of people do, including myself, which is you're filling in the blanks with like the worst case scenario. Oh, yeah. Like you're getting real creative, real imaginative. <laughs> yeah, you got a great imagination. You might be a writer or something like that. Do a little tough love. This is the role my brother often plays in my life. And I really like it because um, I need a little of this and he knows me pretty well. So sometimes I'll say something that's bothering me and I'll say like, well, what if this happens? And he'll go and then we'll get through it. Or he'll, he'll say like, yeah, and, and so that. what? And I'll be like, oh, man, you just summed up the thing in two words. And uh, I like that. That's helpful. Because to me, it's, it's 12, 12 paragraphs. But there's another version of this where it's summed up in one or two words or one or two sentences. And that's nice to know. Jen, it always fucks me up how you and your brother are very similar to me and my brother. And also you and your dad are very similar to me and my dad. Yeah, I know. I know. What, what the fuck? Do you think we might be like... Twinsies? Distantly related. Yeah. Oh, we are. Okay, so we're Midwestern Italians. Yes. It's possible. It's certainly possible. Well, just as long as we don't have sex, it's fine. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Should we end on that note or is that clear Oh, baiting? God. Yes, please. Let's okay. end on that note. Let's let's let the, the Trin slash Jen fanfic <laughs> universe have that one uh, yeah <laughs> we, we you know it's been a dry desert let's give them a little sprinkle <laughs> yeah just a little, little something something anyway this has been fucking friendship big i guess <laughs> if you would like to ask us a question you know we'd genuinely love to hear from you um whatever you got uh, send it over friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to our beautiful website i call i always compliment our website because i'm the one who put it together because of my excellent squarespace it's great thanks i tried and then lauren gallagher actually like made it look pretty good like you know what let's we don't have to talk about web design what's important is that you'll go to friendshippingpodcast.com and you'll go to get in touch and you will send us um a message and we like hearing comments too by the way like if you don't have a friendship question but you're just like hey keep staying alive that's yeah. also nice we like those too we like those too 
Uh, thank you so much, Ian Parman. We often say thank you especially for this episode to Ian uh, because sometimes ed- uh, episodes are very rough. Um, I think this might be the most thank you so much, Ian Parman, episode so far. Yeah, this uh, is a long one. This is a bit of a doozy. Thank you, Monica Verma, our literary agent who has our backs. Thank you so much, Lauren Gallagher, who who did really the work on our website that makes it look good. Thank you, Molly Lewis, for the creation, writing, singing of our theme song that brings us joy every single week. And thank you so much, Jamie Sanchez. You can find Jamie on Twitter, and you absolutely should. Um, she is at Space Dragon. That's the best Twitter handle. Uh, you can uh, check out her work at Anime Chicago. Um, you can find that very easily uh, at Anime Chicago on Twitter. You should definitely listen to her Cowboy Bebop uh, rewatch uh, podcast uh, with Lauren Fates, who is also excellent. Lauren's amazing. She's such an excellent podcaster. And you can follow and find their uh, podcast, which I just followed on my iPad right now, at Bebop Beat. B-E-B-O-P Beat. B. E-A-T. I think that's all the information you need. Anyway, she's great. (laughs) Listen to her. And hey, audience, what the fuck? You're still here? Thank you so much for listening. And you're welcome for talking. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. I'm here. I forgot what I was going to say. Jen Bain, welcome to the Jen Bain, welcome to the friendshiping and show. And this is uh, friendshiping. Wait, <laughs> where are we? Where am I? <laughs> We're both in our uh, respective linen closets. I would say. <laughs>